Okay, welcome to the SWP, ladies and gentlemen. Great to have you here. Coming up today, Andre Svechnikov gets a big old eight-year contract from the Carolina Hurricanes, and if there ever a more tailor-made comparable deal potentially setting the market, I don't know what it would be when you're comparing it to Brady Kachuk. Everybody in Ottawa is still waiting on Kachuk. We'll get to that story and many more coming up after these words. It's all brought to you by Jim K. Ford and All Insurance Ontario. Are you looking for a better value on your insurance dollar? If all the companies are charging close to the same price, who would you pick? What if I threw in an expert on your side for the same price? Call or text me today. I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario, 613-801-2659. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Reignite your love for driving with a new Ford from Jim K. Ford. Hit the road in a new 2021 model with your choice of the latest innovations available for new Ford vehicles. These are unconventional times right now, but for your comfort, if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, Jim K. Ford will be happy to bring a vehicle right to your home or your place of work for a demonstration and test drive. How convenient is that? Just zip onto their website, jimkford.com. Check out the vehicle you're interested in and give them a holler. They're located in Orleans and at jimkford.com. The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. All right, welcome to the SWP. It is a show with episodes every single weekday all about tales of Ottawa sports and whatever. It is Steve Warren along with Jim Jerome. James, the end of another podcast week. How be you? Uh, Stevie, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm really good. How about you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, good. Good, good, good. Uh, you know, I, I I went out for dinner last night. Okay, I haven't, I haven't been out very often. Uh, so I went downtown. Uh I, t- I think I told you a few weeks ago that that's the uh, w- one of the many signs that I I dislike about getting older is because uh, I remember my parents saying this going oh no I got to go uptown first they called downtown uptown first of all which is a sign of getting old and it's like oh no 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 I got to go all the way uptown right when yeah I don't like that uh, uptown thing I don't like uptown. when people say I got to go I got to go down to Sudbury what what <laughs> Right. But the fact that it's exhausting to think of a trip downtown or uptown, whatever you right. call it. Right. And so anyway, Oh God, I'm going to go all the way downtown uh, to meet these guys. So, so I did, and we had a riot, but uh, I forgot about this dish Stevie that I was uh, uh, treated to years ago and it's still alive and well. I, I don't know if you've ever been to a restaurant where you order it this way, but you can order as an appetizer. And you do it if you're with, you know, more than three guys or something. And it's called the Tower of Seafood. Oh. Okay. No, I would so, not I would not have ordered that because I don't like seafood. Oh, you don't like seafood. Okay. No. Well, so what this thing is, it's brilliant. Okay. So it, it's like the shape of a about a about a like an 18 inch high Christmas tree. Okay, with laced with seafood, Stevie. Including like <laughs> shrimp. And crab and scallops and uh, all the other good stuff with beautiful sauces and all the crabs legs they're all cracked for you already stuff yeah. the seafood tower you got to find a restaurant Steve well you you don't like it so this means nothing to you but 
Is that and did you take one down? I took one down. Nice. I took one down. There was like five or six guys there, and and uh, it's kind of on a on like a lazy Susan. You know, it spins around, and you just pluck these things off one at a time, and and they were all kind of looking at me, going, um, "Maybe you can do the math a little bit there, okay?" Before you start rifling back the jumbo shrimp four at a time when there was you know there were six of them on there oh jeez anyway do yourself a favor go to a restaurant get the tower of seafood good advice for you seafood fans out there you remind me of a a funny skit i just saw the other day i think it's it's not it's not anything recent but i was just flipping around youtube and it was a, a funny skit on jimmy fallon where he's at a bar and brad pitt or he's at a table brad pitt's at the bar and Jimmy Fallon's ordering, and the waiter comes over and says, um, this cocktail is uh, courtesy of the man at the bar, and it's Brad Pitt, and he waves to him, and he goes, thanks a lot. And so in return, Jimmy Fallon sends a drink back to him. Anyway, over the course of the evening, they're one-upping each other. Sure. So yeah. this big exotic drink with all these you know, umbrellas come, and then so then food starts to come. Here's some chicken wings. Right. And then this one of them was a seafood <laughs> tower and it finally arrived, but they're always – they're just – they're taking it down and it gets more and more competitive. And finally, the big giant pig roast on a roti- rotisserie gets slapped down on the bar. Just kept getting better and bigger. It was uh, quite funny. And that yeah, anyway, yeah, the seafood tower reminded me of that. There you go. Yeah, I've seen that skit. Yeah, <laughs> it is funny. But let us uh, change it over to talk a little hockey like I was mentioning oh. off the top. And there's a big signing in the NHL today. Even if you weren't a big Ottawa Senator fan or a Brady Kachuk fan and really curious, what's Kachuk going to get? When is he going to sign? Is it going to be long-term? Is it going to be a bridge deal? Well, the guy who was drafted in 2018, second overall, Jimmy, uh, two spots before Brady Kachuk, a very comparable type of a player as far as his impact on a game goes, Andrei Svechnikov, he just signed today with the Carolina Hurricanes, and he did sign the long-term deal, the eight-year contract. That's the max term that anybody can sign, and it's always with your own team, an eight-year contract worth uh, $7.75 million. Big dough. Yeah, I'd say so. So that's $62 million in all. And I think Sens fans are leaping to the conclusion that because it's all about comparables, what's Brady Kachuk going to do? Is he going to go ahead and sign this? Because it does seem like a situation where it sets the market. Because Svechnikov is not quite as rambunctious and feisty as Kachuk is, but he is a little more skilled, and his offense is probably going to be a little ahead of where Kachuk is. So Mm -hmm. as far as the impact on a game, they're very similar. But with the Sens, it's a unique situation. We all know the Eugene Melnick effect, Mm -hmm. right? They tend to dance by the beat of their own financial drum, and so from their perspective, they might find that maybe a little bit much. I don't know. They did sign right. Thomas Shabbat to an eight-year, $64 million contract, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. But then you look at the Kachuk side, he's going to be in a mode of, well, I just witnessed over the last three years a full-on fire sale. Eugene Melnick, by his own words, said, nobody's ever trashed a team the way we have. So if you're Kachuk and you're signing an eight-year deal, there's got to be, I would think, a little bit of distrust from his camp that this team is truly willing to spend what it takes to be a true contender. So it's a little different in Ottawa, but it's an interesting deal for sure. Right now, he only has the option of signing with the Sens, a short-term deal or a bridge, as they they call it, or he can sign long-term. Those are really his only two options at this stage of the game. And my feeling is 
there's got to be a, some level of distrust right now uh, from the Kachuk camp. Is the, is this organization that I'm with going to spend long-term what it takes? Because I just personally, over the last three years, watched them do a fire sale. Because the year he got drafted, that very fall at training camp is when Eric Carlson was shipped out, and that kind of marked the start of a fire sale. There's two right. things that work in the Sens' favor for Brady signing on. Look at me. I'm on a first-name basis with Brady Kachuk. Good for me. Um, but two things working in the Sens' favor in that, from all reports, he loves his teammates, and he loves the direction of the team. The team is getting better each and every year. In the final month of this past season, they almost look like a playoff contender in that last month. But it's hard to know for sure because there's no pressure on them. Out of the gate this year, people – will be ready for them. They won't be sneaking up on anybody. So we'll see. We'll see if they are a playoff contender. But Kachuk does love his teammates, and he likes the team. The other thing is, DJ Smith said today in an interview with Bruce Garriock that, yeah, we are going to name a captain this year, confirming that. I think that was already out there, but uh, right. Brady Kachuk would be a heavy favorite there. So that's a chip they can play in the negotiations, too. Although the owner has already said, we don't want a captain here on a bridge deal. So hard to say, uh, which I thought was just... Not a very smart decision by the owner to throw that out there in the public. Just why would you do that? Why would you say right. you're not going to be? Because you may be forced. It may because nobody's going to be particularly pleased with a captain who's not Brady Kachuk. And the reality is, you may have to sign him to a bridge deal just to to get through this. Because this mm-hmm. just in: the Sens' first preseason game is one month from today. Right. Right. Uh, in fact, it's even quicker, man. That guy, the rookies. I was talking to a guy last night with the Oilers. He's in, uh, with the equipment staff with the Oilers. He was at dinner there, knocking down the tower of seafood, um, <laughs> and he's saying they, the the rookies are coming to camp in Edmonton uh, less than three weeks. Less. Oh than yeah, three weeks. yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, camp will start well before tra- uh, the preseason starts. So yeah, the the rookies are. Um, you know, getting going with their camps and players are reporting. We're seeing golf tournaments. Teams always have a golf tournament, right? A little team building exercise. I saw the Habs getting together for the uh, for head coach Dominic Ducharme's golf tournament. Nice to see Jonathan Drouin there. We wondered if Jonathan Drouin was ever going to play again. He just sort of stepped away from the team for personal reasons, missed the entire playoff run, but he's there at the golf tournament, so still with the club and still hope that uh, he can get his career back on track for them. But uh, yep. yeah, for sure. So, but we're also seeing because teams are getting together, executives are getting together. You're seeing these signings happening. Svechnikov signs. Sean Couturier signed today with the Philadelphia Flyers. He got a big, big deal there, right? 65 mil or something. Yeah, right? big contract. Eight year, $62 million. He had 41 points in 45 games. And uh, he's a guy that can maybe uh, flirt with that point of game mark and uh, so the Flyers made a bunch of changes but uh, he's one of the consistents that they hang on to they also brought in Derek Broussard the former Ottawa Senator and he's an interesting story because he is now once he plays his first game for the Flyers he'll have played for nine different teams in the league and only eight guys in the history of the NHL have played for more teams than that so that's a pretty interesting stat nine teams (laughs) yeah suitcase Broussard that's a flag, yeah. No, actually, no. He's just. I think he's just. At the end, he's he's played for a lot of teams recently. He's one of those guys mm-hmm. that's just kind of. He's got that veteran status. He's got the experience, but he is starting to fade as a player. Uh, right. But it, I, 
you shouldn't read into it that he's uh you know a bad apple no he's not that at all it's just one of those deals where people are signing him to one-year contracts plugging holes with with a quality player who still maybe has a little left but not a ton right so are you curious to know what the uh with, I mean, probably not, but there's uh, eight, eight other guys that have, uh, like I said, I, I played more games in the NHL than that guy. I was surprised that... More games or more played for more teams? Yeah, sorry, more played for more teams than Derek Broussard has. So basically, I'm looking for the eight guys in NHL history who have played for 10 teams or more. Oh my God, yeah, I don't know. I, I used to kid Paul Coffey about that because he was, you know, Oilers and Pitt and Boston and Carolina and Chicago. L.A. He played for eight or nine. He's yeah. right there. Um, well, let me take you out of your misery because Matthew Schneider, if he's the most household, the biggest household name of the bunch, I don't yeah. think you're going to fare particularly well. Okay. Uh, no. I so, so yeah. the guy is the leader, former Ottawa Senator. Well, he's a former every player, every team. Uh, Mike Sillinger played for twelve. Oh, I remember Mike Sillinger. Sure. Yeah. Then you did got, he play for the sixty sevens too? No. Okay. He's he's a Western. You might be thinking Derringer yeah. or something like that. I don't know. Some something jer. I'm not sure. Something uh, jer. <laughs> and the other guys have all played for ten. Michelle Petit, JJ Daniel, Ole Jokinen, Dominic Moore, Jim Dowd, Matthew Schneider, Lee Stempniak. So those are the guys that you're gonna hit with the nickname suitcase. Yeah. Hockey trivia, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, there you go. Not bad. Not, Not bad. bad. Either you're no. really good or you're really hard to deal with. One, one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> bunch of teams want you or a bunch of teams want to get rid of you. Still with hockey, revisiting a uh, a very difficult story from the offseason, and that was the Arizona Coyotes. Um, I, I can't recall if they knew about I think they did know about it at uh, last year's draft in 2020, but uh, they renounced their fourth-round draft pick, Mitchell Miller, after a racially charged bullying incident from his quite distant past. I mean, he's a kid. Right. He's 18 years old, and this happened when he was in grade eight. So what's that? About 13 four years early? Yeah. yeah, four or five years earlier. So this racially charged bullying incident from his past came to light, and he has – there's an update on his story. Someone is going to let him play, and that is going back to the USHL and uh, – He'll get a chance to resume his hockey career, going to be with the Tri-City Storm. And what do you think of that? Uh, because I, th- I know there's lots of people on social media who love the cancellation, who love to just, you know, not give anybody second chances yeah. that are probably upset by this news today. Yeah, so so where, what's the lesson learned, right? So, so uh, when you read the story, uh, you know, a bullying story, um, what ha- what happens is Arizona, you know, grabs them, and the mother of the victim writes a letter to the team, mm-hmm. a scathing letter about this kid. Going, do you know who you're signing here, right? And then the, the you know, imagine how bad it is for the team to say, okay, we want to get rid of him. We don't we don't want to draft him or or bring him on the team, whatever that was. Uh, from from this letter from the mother, and then I read about what they did. Uh, you know, constant bullying to this kid. He was a black kid since he's been in grade two, uh, you know, on and on, name-calling, N-word, and then uh, dragged a lollipop across the floor or across the, the a urinal or something, wiped mm-hmm. it in a urinal or on the floor right below a urinal and made this guy eat it, you know? Uh, 
So you're going, oh my God, you know, oh my God, dude, you, this kid needs help. Um, it's, you know, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a lesson for all these young, all these young kids, Stevie, that, you know, as we know, that generation, a little more self-entitled than we are. But if you're young, you know, and you've got your whole life ahead of you, uh, you know, and you're, you're going to be starting to look at what you want to do the rest of your life, looking at a career, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be vetted, man, through social media, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that it's going to be much tougher to be, uh, you know, to kind of keep to your pride, you know, or, or, or have your privacy that, you know, life, unfortunately, unfortunately, these days is way more transparent, you know, way more transparent. So, uh, you know, this kid probably thought, well, that was in the past or whatever. When uh, he, he sounds to me like he's a racist, uh, you know, and, and whether that changes or not, um, I don't know. Well, you're 14. I don't know, but. You know, this is why we don't try 14-year-olds as adults because the brain is still yeah. in development. It's still very plastic. And uh, and we he, make, he a, we make accommodations court, for that. Yeah, it did. Yeah. and Juvenile uh, court in Ohio or something. Yeah. And I believe uh, that uh, punishment was handed down and uh, he, he dealt with that. But uh, when the news broke four years after, four, four or five years after the actual incident, then... Right. Uh, you know, that's at that stage of the game, Arizona made a decision. We're going to basically renounce him as a draft pick. And even the yeah. university, the uh, University of North Dakota, where there's so many Ottawa senators over the last few years, uh, they basically took away his scholarship. So Yikes. then you factor in the stigma that he must be dealing with. Like the, right. the world is looking at this guy. He's probably afraid to come out of his house. Right. Because so many people have vilified him. And, you know, it's his own doing. He, he made his bed and he, he's lying in it. I just feel like second chances, particularly for something you did at 14, second chances can't be taken off the table because then now, you, now what are you dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you, if we're trying to create a productive human being on this planet, um, I think you have a better chance to allow him to continue in, on the course that he's been on, and that's the opportunity to maybe play pro hockey or whatever. I think you have a, you know, a better chance at correction in that regard than taking everything that he has away from him forever, you know, you're going to create a better person by letting him have that second chance than destroying everything that he has. Yeah, Here, here's the here's the other big red flag for me, uh, and and a, as big a concern. Um, you know, mo- most most of the stuff you see on social media where people get busted for racial slurs, um, you know, you you can you can find a lot of it. You can find a lot of it on, you know, search and vids. And most of it that I see, uh, and I don't search it out, but I've, but I've certainly come across it. And, and most of it that I see are with the older generation, okay? With, with being, raci- being, mm-hmm. being racist. A lot of it. A lot of it is with the older generation. You're talking about a guy here who was, in, in, the, in the words of the article, quote, vile, vile bullying, Okay. You're, you're talking 2015 when that was going on? Yeah. Okay. Like, like if you read it, if you read that article, you're going to go, oh my God, you shouldn't take the wind out of you that I thought we were making strides here with, with you know, cutting into the, the terrible thing that racism is. And so when you read this one, it's like, what? I mean, yeah. That kid's only 18 and, and acting like it's 1940. You right. Know? Uh, so... That, that's what that, that, that's what I looked at today when I saw that. Go, oh my God! You know how far behind the eight ball are we? 
with so with second chance or not then where, where are you at well you know the problem here is the the intention of it right so you got a you got a you got a real obvious intention here is a hate crime you know to me it looks like a hate a hate deal making the kid do what he did and who knows what else over all those years um, yeah it's not a joke it's not something you said no. uh, in an attempt to to be fun or or teasing or giving you know ribbing someone like this is full on racism there's full on intent it's full on ugly it needs to be dealt with harshly for sure. And I feel yeah. like, it, I feel like it, it, it has, but I don't know, maybe people want, uh, you know, the career to come to a dead stop at this point and have no opportunities moving forward for the rest of his life. I just, I can't see any productivity in that. Yeah. What, you know, what, have, what has he done in the last four years to correct it? That's what I'd want to know. You know, what's, what's, what's happened here that's going to change you? Uh, now, one of them may be the obvious, right? That I ended up in court, man, about it. That my life flashed before my eyes here, and my whole hockey career. Mm-hmm. And and maybe sometimes that's enough, you know, that to show the seriousness of it. Uh, so, well, should he get the- a second chance? I I I, I guess, but but I'd want to know what what have you done to get a second chance? Well, here's you what's know? happening with the USHL. The commissioner is Bill Robertson, and he says. The league has reviewed and vetted the current situation in regards to Mr. Mitchell Miller at great length. Mm-hmm. We believe that Mr. Miller deserves a second chance and opportunity while also feeling that the Tri-City Storm organization has developed an ongoing developmental plan to assist this young man off and on the ice while competing this season in our league. We wish Mr. Miller well this year. And inevitably, um, there'll be those lighting the torches when they hear this story and all, there are quotes across the board, like if the team itself is being you know, besieged with complaints about how can you let this guy play for you, this, right. is their sta- this is their statement. After careful consideration, we have decided to provide Mitchell Miller with an opportunity to resume his amateur hockey career. We know Mitchell very well, and we are convinced what happened when he was 14 is not indicative of his character or who he is now as a 19-year-old young man. I probably buy, buy the second part of that. I believe there can be great growth in a five-year span, but what happened when he was fourteen is exactly indicative of his character at fourteen. Yeah, right. He did right, it. right, you know, so. terrible, yeah, totally. And what terrible. happens with these counseling things for for racists? You know what what goes on there? What goes on there that they got to convince a guy what he's saying is wrong? You know, yeah, convince that his actions are. You know, yeah, and it's not even an issue of race. It's it's also on top of that. You think about the vulnerability of someone who's dealing who's got high needs. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a father of a high needs young man, and I know the anger and fury and need for revenge I would have if some mm-hmm. freaking right. little jerk came up and started slapping him around or doing things like you had described earlier in our conversation. I can't imagine the amount of fury I would feel. So that's another layer to this whole thing as well that speaks to how vile the mm-hmm. act was. So a very difficult story to even talk about and decide on the right thing, but uh, interesting all the same. We'll take a time out of the program. When we come back, it's final thoughts after these words. Did you know that Jim K. Ford has been around since 1982? So they are in their 40th year. You don't last that long unless you're, what's the word? Awesome. They're one of the longest-running dealerships in Ottawa, and the K family proudly strives to provide the best service in the automotive market with the help of their fantastic team of pros. They're all continually training and improving to ensure 
you always have the finest buying experience. See what they're all about and shop for your next vehicle today at jimkford.com, 438 Uville Drive in Orleans. Are you getting back to life and don't have time to review your insurance policies? Do you want me to have a look at it for you and see if you're properly covered? I'll take a professional look at it and let you know what I see and you make the decisions. Text 860-6008. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. And compared to this time last year, the price of a single family home in Ottawa has skyrocketed. And if you're curious to know what your home is worth in a blazing hot market like this, call Glenn at the Glenn Walton Real Estate Team today for a free no-obligation estimate. You'll be shocked to learn what you could get for your home and what similar homes are going for in this market. Call the Glenn Walton Real Estate Team today at glennwalton.com. And here's the latest from the Ottawa Sun Scramble with Club EG. Wednesday was their B division at Le Sorcier. 18 teams advancing to the final day. Top five were in order. Kevin Chevrier and Scott Jessamine at minus nine, followed by Matt O'Brien and James O'Brien, Matt Hurd and Jeff Fridgen, Jordan McKenna and Eric Glenn, and finally, Brian Bilo and Paul Mallory. Congratulations to the 18 advancing, and uh, best of luck to everybody this weekend. Uh, I, m- I might hit the golf course, Stevie. Beauty. I'm playing I, I on might- Friday. You're, you're playing, are you? Okay, today? Yeah, good. Uh, you've played way more golf than I have, so uh, I may do that. Uh, although I'm into, uh, as we speak, um, it started the the second leg of the uh, PGA Tour playoffs. FedEx Cup uh, is underway in Caves Valley, Baltimore. Uh, Stevie, first time they played this course. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and this will drive you nuts again because it's sort of story of my life. But not the first time, Steve, I've ever seen that course or not the first time I haven't played it. Okay. Now, isn't that weird? Caves Valley, this course in Baltimore. I've played it probably eight times. Really? I really have. Yeah, I really have. It's an outstanding golf course. It's one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. It, uh, it was, it's owned by a couple of guys privately. And uh, they built this golf course uh, with the idea in mind that you would kind of have the PGA experience. So, first of all, there's no, there, it's a round table membership. So, they, they invite you in. Okay. And they can kick you out <laughs> if they want to. Uh, you can only play 18 holes a day, Steve. You can't wear shorts. Uh, it was, certainly was the way when I first played it. I played it a bunch over the years. You can't wear shorts. Uh, you got to take caddies. Okay. Um, the, the, it's a Fazio design golf course. It's unbelievable. It's cut right out of the forest, Stevie. They got a million dollar teaching facility. When we showed up there, we stayed in cabins right on the golf course. Uh, there's like the, the pro, assistant pro comes out, the manager, uh, the caddy master. They all come, they all meet you when you're there. Go to my room, Stevie. It's got a brass plaque with my name engraved on it already. They they sawed it, Stevie. They saw it like 15 yards into the forest. Okay. What? They got rid of like, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable golf course. Yeah. Like one of the, certainly one of the nicest courses I've ever played. Yeah. It's, it's funny crazy. that they haven't, they've never been um, at Caves Valley before I'm reading. Like it's the first time the tour has ever been there. And it's the first event in the Baltimore area in almost 60 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a gem, like, like a hidden gem. And cool. yeah. And there, there's great stuff. Also, Stevie, how about this option? Okay. Like it's, it's, it's beyond luxurious right. to, to play this thing. Um, if you let them know in the morning, okay, before you're round. There's no menu, Stevie. You mm-hmm. order whatever you want. 
Wow. How's that? Exactly. That's all right. That's not so Yeah, bad. that's all right. Right there. What do you want? Pheasant on your glass? No problem. Give us four hours. We'll get it here for you. Beautiful. Love it. That sounds yeah. great. And I would expect that, of course, out of the FedEx Cup playoffs, that they'd have a, an amazing course. But it's nice to have some local knowledge eight times. That's, oh, more yeah. than you've, that's more golf than you've played all year this year, probably. Yeah, it, 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 it is. Yeah, yeah. I got a friend in Ottawa Yeah, who's a member. And uh, so I've been down there a bunch. I've been down there a bunch. Yep. Cool. I, 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 I can't help because as you're talking, I'm, you know, I'm kind of looking it up. So I'm not completely out to lunch on this discussion. And I'm seeing some of the imagery. I'm seeing Dustin Johnson walk up to the 18th green and to see like there's water on the right side just in front of the green. And it looks to me like if you come up short on that green, like anywhere on the fairway, short of the green, it's going to roll into the water. Like I'm talking left side of the fairway. If you land short of the green, it's going to get sucked over into the water. It just, every time I look at PGA courses, it reminds me of, uh, it's just a, it's just a different sport. You know, we yeah. place where, where I am in Ottawa, there's some really, really nice courses and they're challenging, but right. so, so few of them would be a challenge for any of these PGA guys. Just when I look at situations like this, I go, what? That's just not even fair. Yeah. That, that particular hole. So with the, you know, the first, the first time I played it, we, we flew down there and, and jumped in a car and raced over there and, and, uh, jumped onto the golf course. We had to, we had to sort of rip along. And that 18th hole is is a slow elevation, dog leg right, par four, and there's there's like a pond up by the green. The thing you're looking at, the water runs down in front of the green, down through the middle of the fairway, across to the right side, up the right rough, cross in front of the tee. And uh, I said, this is unreal how they how they you know design this golf course around all this natural topography, you know. And the guy told me, um, uh, I showed up there the next day played the game again, went to the 18th tee, and this creek was dry. Right. Right? And I went, oh, no. Oh, no. No, no, they just turn it on and off. It's a man-made deal. Oh. Okay? Man-made. They designed so many of these holes that way, or, you know, that they 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 made them look like it's natural. Yeah. But it's but it's all right from flat land, uh, you know, built, built up with, you know, obviously all kinds of dirt and stuff to move around. But it's a great story. It's a great golf course. And it's, I've, I've never experienced anything like it going cool. there, the whole, the whole thing. So very nice. Well, that's a, a clear sign. There's money. If they're massive yeah. man-made bodies of I'll water where they just turn on the faucet effectively. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what Stevie here. So there's big hydro lines around the golf course. Mm-hmm. Okay. True story. Big hydro lines. They're, they're all around the golf course. They come and, and yet you get on this tee and you look up and there's like the big hydro lines are coming from the left across to the property. And then, then there's no hydro lines as you look down the fairway, and then you look up to the right, and then they're they're there again. So they thought they were unsightly, Steve. These big high tension lines, right? So they invited they invited like the president of Baltimore Hydro into the golf course and said, "We'd like you to bury those lines." Nice, okay. yeah. And the guy did it, Stevie. Uh, anyway. Yeah, Beautiful. it's all about who you know. That's uh, what makes the world go around for sure. Uh, this is, of course, the second round of the FedEx Cup playoffs. And the second round was at Olympia Fields last year. And that had a very memorable moment in John Rahm making an outrageous 66-foot 60, oh, yeah. putt that was just absolutely a bender to claim victory over Dustin Johnson in epic fashion. Johnson went on to win anyway, but that was a pretty... Uh, Special memory in last year's FedEx Cup playoffs. 
So uh, this year at a new venue at Caves Valley, which Jimmy has just talked about. And again, first time it's been in the Baltimore area in almost 60 years. So, James, as we call it quits for another podcast week, yeah. any final mm-hmm. thoughts today? Uh, you know, Stevie, uh, you sent me a little headline about the 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 famous Bryson DeChambeau-Brooks Kepka feud. Yes. And uh, I remember one time laughing my ass off uh, when we were we used to do the Celine Dion readings from that book that I found. Uh, and there was a big announcement that Celine Dion was coming back. Okay. And I remember you going, don't you have to go away for a while to come back? <laughs> right. And I look at this thing when I see it, I said, okay, every, I, I saw what everyone else did. And, and the only thing I saw from this feud was Brooks Kepka uh, doing a standup um, in, you know, for the press after. So you can picture how they're interviewing these guys now with COVID they stand alone. There's a mic in front of them. And then, and then Bryson DeChambeau walking behind him. You know, going to his car, go, going somewhere with a couple of guys, mm-hmm. and the noise of his cleats because he's got the. They're allowed to wear metal spikes, and, and then and then Brooks going, "Oh man, that's bullshit." Okay, I'm going. Okay, okay. So don't don't like. What's the feud, Stevie? <laughs> okay, <laughs> like they're they're bringing this up again, and I, I'm trying to find where where this thing was all rooted in, and well, there's been four or five other things that. Beyond the cleats incident, uh, I don't have I, mean, I don't have a list of the whole thing, but I know there's four or five different things that have occurred between them. None of them are, you know, somebody punching somebody in the face, which would really, I think, amp up. There's this a feud. feud. That's a feud. Yeah. Uh, That's but, what I need. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. Something like that. You sure. Know? You know, did this guy come in and, and I don't know? Did he did he steal his golf clubs or something? You know, before before a round? Did he? Yeah, you're right. Did he? I don't know, plead him with his metal spikes or yeah. something. Well, I, I don't even, I honestly don't even buy the story that, that comes out today because this quote is coming from the U.S. Ryder Cup captain, Steve Stricker. Yeah. And uh, he's the one that's saying that he believes the Kepka DeChambeau feud has been put to bed for this major event and it won't get in the way of the team's success at the event next month. And uh, Stricker's quote is, those guys assured me that the team and country and everything else that goes into this is their top priority they said it's not going to be an issue, and I believe them. I trust them. As far as I'm concerned, it's been put to bed. To me, regardless of what you think the level of the feud is, this right. is exactly like your dad in the front seat and you and your brother in the back seat misbehaving, and you're on the way to Disneyland, and dad's going, oh, are you guys going to be good back there? Are you going to be good? Right. And of course they're both going to say, yeah, of course we're going to be good because they want to go to Disneyland. So I don't right. If you believe in the feud, I don't believe what Stricker has to say whatsoever. Of course, they're going to say what they have to to be uh, good members of the team. But once right. this thing is over, I feel like whatever feud exists will continue. Yeah, yeah, what, whatever it is. But I, but I'm going up to I'm going. Is there a feud? What's there? What, what <laughs> this manufactured thing? I don't know. Uh, anyway, that's that's I'm, I'm, I I need a. Don't you have to go away, Celine, to come back? Okay, yeah. doesn't there have to be something a little bigger to make yeah. something out of this? You know. By the way, Stevie, uh, that that image, that image of my dad driving the car uh, and us in the back seat was—I'm I'm all about that. You know, there was a f- four of us all stuffed into the back seat, no seatbelts, um, and the other one of of well, Dad, I I can't hear or see you from the cigar smoke. Okay, well, <laughs> they used to smoke <laughs> cigars. When he drove the car, it was beautiful. Yeah, with that little, that little wee sort of triangular air vent, Stevie. You know, at the front of the 
Yeah. At the front of the window. The, the the yeah the door window you just can you can you crack that an inch okay <laughs> I'm okay I'm okay, I'm being I'm being bombarded with cohiba smoke good times uh, yeah times anyway, have changed maybe a little that's bit what's wrong better. with me Steve I mean, oh yeah there's many yeah, pieces of your puzzle that's what's wrong with me many pieces of your puzzle I want to say uh, enjoy the game everybody everybody's going to the Red Blacks game it's the first Ottawa Red Blacks game at TD Place since November 1st, 2019. So get your big plastic red horns. Sure. And get your North Side Sucks going and enjoy the ball game. And uh, we'll take our leave. Don't forget our website is stevewproject.com. James, enjoy your weekend and we'll talk to you Monday. Good night, everybody. We'll see you. Thanks for being with us on the SWP. Please subscribe today and share the show with your friends and followers. We're at stevewproject.com.